With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there, Duke fans. We're back in your feed. The DBR Duke Basketball Roundup is here. I am Jason Evans. Joining me is Donald Wine. This is DBR Bites, episode number 33, a little bit smaller. Not quite as long as usual. You know, when you look, you, why am I even telling you? Like, you have a better idea. The folks who are listening right now know how long this is. I don't know how long it is. I'm just guessing. <laughs> Donald. We call it a bites, and then sometimes <laughs> it's a big bite. Sometimes it's a tiny right. one. Sometimes big, sometimes little. You never know. All right. So the first topic in our bite, we're going to have two topics in the bites today. The first one is going to be, we're going to preview what's coming up against Boston College. Big game for the Blue Devils this weekend at home. I will be there. By the way, I'll be hanging out at the Washington Duke beforehand. I don't know where at the Washington Duke. Look for a guy with a beer in his hand, probably. <laughs> Jason, I know exactly where you're going to be hanging out. It's where, they, it's where you get said beers. There you go. There you go. So I'll be at the Washington Duke before the game. Uh, probably also at the Washington Duke after the game. Um, I haven't figured out. Uh, maybe I'll wear a hat or so. I don't need I'll be in Duke gear. You should be easy just, to spot me, just, right? Just talk, Jason. They they may not know you, but they'll be able to hear your voice. Exactly. Listen for this, these dulcet tones, and then you will know that you've encountered Jason. Don't be afraid to come up to me and say hi if you're at the at the Waduke. All right. Anyway, so like I was saying, back on topic. Uh, we're playing BC this weekend, and uh, we're gonna preview that game. And then after the break, there will be a quick break in this bites. Uh, we will come back, and I want to talk a little bit about the ACC standings right now and project a little bit into the future and look at the remaining schedules that some of these ACC teams have as we try and figure out 
who's going to make the double buy and is Duke going to catch Carolina and all the other kind of jazz. Anyway, we begin though with the BC Eagles coming to town, bringing one of the best big men in the ACC. Donald, tell us about who they played, how they've done, all that kind of jazz. Well, Jason, before we get started, we, we were joking about this earlier, but Boston College is kind of that team in the ACC where you forget about them until you have to play them. And all of a sudden, you're I know, like, it's oh, crazy. Right, Boston College. I, I actually, it, wait, seriously, I actually think that if you said to me, like when I was drinking that beer at the Waduke, and you're like, Jason, 10 bucks if you can name all 15 teams in the ACC, I, I would get to 14 and I would forget BC. Yeah, and, it, and it's, no, it's, no, it's no shame, it's no slight against them and no disrespect. It's just more of those, they, they just quietly are, you know, they kind of fly under the radar, whether they're good, whether they're terrible, they just kind of fly under the radar. No pun intended, I know they're the Eagles, but uh, they kind of fly under the radar. And it, for this game, when you, when you have them right in your face, you go, oh, snap, they have one of the better big men in the country, uh, much less the ACC. Yeah. We'll talk about him. In just a second, but let's talk about the record real quick. 13 and 9, 4 and 7 in the ACC. They've kind of had an up and down season so far. They're currently 11th in the ACC, but there's a log jam basically between 5 and four and 13. So they're they're kind of a couple games out of being right back in the thick of things. They're currently 90th in Ken Palm, 93rd in the net. This is looking at a quad three game for us being at home, but that doesn't mean this isn't important. This is a very important game for the Blue Devils. Their biggest wins have come against Richmond, St. John's, and Syracuse. They've had losses, a couple of losses, really some decent teams here, Colorado State, NC State, Wake Forest, uh, Syracuse, they've lost to them, Clemson, UNC, Virginia Tech, and Florida State. Their worst loss is Loyola Chicago, which is at like 111. So probably not a team they should, they should be losing to, but still, in this grand scheme of things, not a, not a really bad loss for them. They're averaging, though, the, the one thing about this team is when they're winning, they're scoring a lot of points. They're averaging close to 80 points in their wins, but in their losses is a little bit closer to 70 points. So that's, I mean, that's still a pretty big gap. You're thinking 70 and 80 is not a big difference, but that is a difference. A couple baskets here and there means the difference for them between winning and losing. And of course, Jason, as we get into the metrics, this is the first game of another Saturday, Monday double uh, for the blue devils. The great thing about this one though, as opposed to last one, when you were out sailing uh, the Drake passage is that this is two games at home coming off of a home game. So this is the, you know, the you know two games to cap a three-game homestand. So hopefully that bodes well where guys can go in and just like we saw uh, the other night, maybe we have benches that are coming in very quickly so that guys can be fresh. They can go for longer stretches and, and really, you know, bring the energy because we're going to need the energy in this game and then also be able to recreate it on a Monday night. But this is the first start. We have to win this game on Saturday to even have any chance at the double dip. But this is going to be a big game for the Blue Devils, especially coming off of that win on Wednesday. Yeah, let's get into the advanced metrics really quickly. Uh, BC is the number 90 team in Ken Pomeroy's rankings. Uh, they play at a kind of medium sort of pace, a little bit faster on offense than on defense. Um, and uh, they're they're a little bit better on offense than they are on defense in terms of their efficiency. Um, they're pretty, you know, they're all right when they have the ball in their hands. Number 84 in offensive efficiency, they're a fairly good shooting team, and they don't turn the ball over. Those are the two sort of hallmarks of this team, at least on offense. They hit 36% of their three-pointers, which is a pretty decent number. They all, they hit almost 75% of free throws, which is really good. They don't take a ton of threes. Um, you can get steals against them, but you're not going to get them to make mistakes themselves. They do not turn the ball over by themselves. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to travel. They're not going to throw the ball out of bounds. You can, like I said, you can get a steal every here and here and there. 
But for the most part, they're going to take care of the ball pretty nicely. They do a incredibly poor job, a terrible job of getting to the free throw line. And they are not a very good offensive rebounding team. 317th in the land at getting to the free throw line, 253rd at offensive rebounding. So that's why their offense isn't better than you, than, you know, it really sounds like in terms of not making turnovers and hitting three-pointers and hitting free throws and stuff like that. They, they just don't get offensive rebounds and they don't get to the free throw line like hardly at all. They're a pretty good defensive rebounding team, top 50 in the country defensive rebounding, which is, you know, really pretty nice for them. Um, you can score on them. They're 143rd in defensive efficiency. I'm just throwing out numbers here, Donald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they allow opponents to hit better than 35% from three. And then they have the bad luck statistic. Donald, you and I talk about this. Free throw defense is luck, people. And BC has really bad luck. Their opponents hit 77% of their free throws. That's just weird. Something about BC, you see the eagle on the uniform, and suddenly you start start shooting really well from the free throw line. It's kind of crazy. Uh, this BC team is fairly experienced. They don't have a ton. It's not like one of these teams that's all seniors and grads and the such, but they don't really have any freshmen who play for them. And that sort of segues us into the man in the middle, who does play for them. He is a senior. Quentin Post, dude does everything. Scores, rebounds, blocks shots, provides assists. He'll even step out and hit threes at a pretty nice clip. It all runs through him. Donald, Quentin Post is like got to be the focus of what Duke's facing in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Jason, the stat, if you're thinking about guys who are really good shooters in the NBA, they talk about the 50-40-90 rule, right? Someone who hits yeah. 50% of their field goals, 40% of their threes, and 90% of their free throws. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Quentin Post is a 50-40-80 player. Uh, so he's very close to being a 50-40-90 player. 51% from the floor, 43% from three. 80% from the line. He does it all. 16.4 points per game. He rebounds almost eight rebounds a game. He averages almost two blocks a game. He averages almost three assists a game. He is their offense. The ball is going to go to him more times than not. And if it's not in the post, he's going to go out to the to the three-point line and grab it and try to make something happen there. And I think the, the key for he here is, Jason, we've talked about the 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 shanks that, that Kyle Filipowski has had lately. This is a big game for him because, again, he's probably going to yeah. be matched up with Quentin Post and Quentin Post is a guy who plays just like Kyle Philpas will play. He'll play inside, he'll play outside, but he's doing it at a much better clip right now. This is a test to Kyle Filipowski. If he wants to say, hey, I'm one of the better players in the ACC, if not the country, this is a good test for him, Quentin Post. Yeah, and after Quentin Post, they don't have much other size. Like their next biggest guy is 6'7", uh, Devin McLaughlin, who is 230 mm-hmm. pounds. Dude is strong. And that's going to be a really interesting matchup, I think, for Mark Mitchell. And when Quentin Post goes out of the game, I mean, I guess it's pretty much McLaughlin who's, you know, going to have the job of, of facing Filipowski. They've got a pair of sweet shooting wings. Be on the lookout for these guys. Claudel Harris takes like, he routinely takes like nine or 10 three-pointers in a game. And he's hitting nearly 40% in the season. You got to watch out for him. And Mason Madsen, who doesn't shoot quite as much as Claudel Harris does, but he's hitting like close to 45% on his three-pointers. That dude can really fill it up. Uh, Last thing I have sort of on BC in terms of how they play, there's something interesting I noticed both watching them play and reading reports about some of their games this year. They mostly play man-to-man on defense, but in a few of their games, they've broken out a zone. They even sometimes break out like a 1-1-3 zone, like a really (laughs) weird kind of, you know, they mostly run a 2-3 or 2-1-2, but they've occasionally broken out sort of this weird 1-1-3 zone. In any event, uh, the opponents get a little shaken up. Like BC actually does pretty well 
when they break out the these zone defenses and be on the lookout for that. I'll be very interested in seeing if they try that to sort of throw a curve at Duke. Well, first off, Jason, uh, you mentioned Mason Madsen and how he shoots 45% close to from three-point land. The one place that he's even better is at the free throw line. He has gone to the free throw line 21 times this season, and he has not missed. So don't send him wow. to the free throw line. Yeah. Um, 100% is 100%. We, we'd love that, um, but but not not on the other team. So don't send him to the line, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jason, I also want to talk about the one freshman uh, that is on this team that gets any sizable minutes, and that's Donald Hand Jr., uh, those of you who have watched or listened to Return to Glory or or were in school when I was in school, remember Donald Hand. Yeah. His dad was a baller for the University of Virginia back in the day, uh, back in the you know late 90s, uh, all the way through 2001. Uh, I believe he was a senior when I was a freshman uh, in 2001. But yeah, Donald Hand Jr., uh, first of all, makes me old, but he's also on this team as a freshman. But Jason, I think <laughs> the one thing finally about the the zone that you mentioned, the one one three. The one thing that they try to do out of that zone is they try to push you to a position of the floor where you want to take a shot, but it's not your shot, right? So they will use it at times when they know people can't shoot well from the wing. So they're going to want to, like, for example, we're going to have the ball up. You, we, we have, you know, Jeremy Kane, Jeremy Roach, if he's playing Tyrese Proctor, Caleb Foster, one of those guys is going to have the ball. And eventually the ball will work its way around and maybe ends up in the hands of a Mark Mitchell or a Ryan Young or, or a Jalen Stewart. Yeah. Or Jalen Blakes, where they will try to use that zone to push them to the wing where, yes, it looks it looks juicy. There's nobody out there. I should take this shot, but it's not your shot. And that's where they try to then get use the three down low to hammer on the boards and go the other way with the two guys that are going out as kind of cherry pickers uh, on the on the uh, fast break. So watch out for that and see how they utilize it and win, because it's not often. It's not going to be the whole game that they do it. They're going to pick and choose their spots based on the person on the floor. But what that means is if that shot is open and it is your shot, take it, make it, make them pay for it and make them get back out of that zone. And then they're the ones on, uh, on their back foot instead of us. So the, uh, the advanced metrics Vegas, everybody is sort of expecting the blue devils to win this by about 12 or 13 points. Uh, I'd love to see that frankly, playing on the road in the ACC, even against a team like BC, we can get a double-digit win. Boy, I'll stick that in my back pocket and be very, very happy. Um, it's just tough. It is tough to win on the road. Wait, what am I talking about? We're at home. In Cameron. What am I talking <laughs> about? I'm going to the game. Wow. <laughs> I got so confused. Oh, you know what happened? All right. So, so I was looking at, I'm on the BC page for Ken Palm, and it says Duke away because BC is away. But I looked at the away and I went, oh, all right, I take back all that. Duke's favored by 13. We're playing at home. We damn well better win by 13. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. And, and, and Jason, it should be, it should be yeah. like a, you know, roughly a comfortable game like it was the other night, right? In the second half, it felt very comfortable exactly. for most of the second half, right? We were just kind of, as you mentioned, to a detriment almost. We were kind of cruising through most of that second half. It should be a similar matchup. Start out early with the energy, take the lead early, never relinquish it. And really, when it gets down to it, if BC tries to make a comeback, Cameron, stand up. Jason, make sure everybody down there is making some noise. We'll make some to, noise. To keep this team going uh, because they're going to need it. And again, that also helps with the energy to conserve it, right? We want the energy, but we also want them to have some left in the tank for the games we have. We don't want to look ahead. We want to take care of business. But this is a two-game stretch that's very important for the Blue Devils, and we want to make sure we come out of it 2-0. Well, yeah, and I'd like it to be a not very stressful game because we do have a tur quick turnaround 
for a game on Monday against Wake Forest that is a really big deal game. In fact, want to know how big a deal it is? I'm going to tell you, after the break, Wake Forest, they're a team to watch out for in the ACC. That story, when we come back. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather, and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many, leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist can help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Duke Roundup. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back from the commercial break. And Donald, I want to dive just very quickly. Not a long thing. But I want to look at the projected ACC standings, where the ACC standings are right now, how they're projected, and also we'll just really quickly talk about strength of schedule. 
So if you look at the, you know, all the computer metrics, the advanced metrics, all these folks who not only tell you how good teams have been, but will go ahead and tell you, hey, they're going to win this many games and lose this many games. They're currently projecting North Carolina to finish the ACC season um, at 16 and four. And by they, I mean both Bart Torvik and Ken Pomeroy. So the heels, they think are going to go about 16 and four. They think Duke's going to go about 14 and six. And then Virginia and Wake Forest are the other two teams that everyone expects will earn the double buy and go about 13 and seven, each one of them. Now, part of projecting how these teams are going to do is what is their schedule like coming home? And I think this is a really interesting thing because if you look at the current standings, you could easily look at a team like, you know, NC State and and you could go, oh, well, you know, they're pretty high up in the standings. Why are we not projecting them to do as well as a Virginia or a Wake Forest? And it's, it's because of the games they have left on their schedule. So uh, Bart Torvik will tell you what the remaining strength of schedule is for every team in the ACC. NC State has the toughest schedule left in the conference. Now, you know who's number two? Second highest, second toughest schedule is Miami. So, like, if you're looking at the standing and you look at NC State and Miami and they both look like they're kind of in a decent spot here in the ACC standings, they, they really aren't because they've got such a tough road to go coming home. On the other hand, the third toughest schedule in the ACC belongs to the Virginia Cavaliers, at least in terms of what games they have remaining. By the way, Virginia, so far, I mean, like, they've been great so far. Their schedule has been easiest, far and away the easiest in the ACC thus far. That's one of the reasons that Virginia has such an impressive record. One of the reasons that Duke is projected to finish ahead of Virginia over the course of the rest of the season is that Virginia has had a phenomenally easy schedule, and they have a pretty tough schedule coming home, the third toughest schedule in the entire conference coming home. Duke, by the way, has the fifth toughest schedule left. And if you're wondering, North Carolina has the seventh toughest schedule left. Wake Forest, they're sandwiched right there in with, with Duke and, uh, and Virginia, North Carolina and such. They have the sixth toughest schedule left in the ACC. Basically, Duke and Wake Forest have a very, very similar schedule coming home. And look, we're, you know, we're right next to them in the standings. And I know I'm getting ahead a little bit. I'm not looking past BC. But man, that game on Monday against Wake Forest, that's a big, big game. And this Wake Forest team is really playing a lot, lot better lately. I, I should save this for when we preview them. But man, what they did to Syracuse and Georgia Tech the past couple games, ugly, ugly stuff. Wake Forest is for real. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that our schedules are kind of similar to theirs and to that of UNC because we play both of them, right? We play Wake Forest twice uh, over the last portion of the season. We obviously play UNC again. We're, we play Virginia. We're at the, you know, at NC State. These are games that nobody likes. We also play Miami. Like these are games that nobody likes. Uh, if you're a Duke fan, because they always seem to struggle against these teams, both home and away, right? And I think the key here is, is when you look at the schedule, and, and it makes sense, right? Because we actually, you know, ESPN and the ACC want to play, want these matchups to be the matchups that you see in the back half of the ACC schedule. They want to see that as you get towards March to kind of, you know, again, bring some hoopla around basketball as we creep towards March Madness and the, and the postseason tournaments. It So it makes sense that all of those teams eventually have the tougher schedule left because at the end of the day, they want those good teams playing good teams. And they want those matchups to be ones that they can feature in ACC Network and on ESPN. But having said that, we still have to play the games, right, Jason? So, I mean, when we look at a team like Wake Forest, you know, stronger schedule or not, they still got to rattle off some wins because as of right now, when you look at 
ESPN's bracketology, they're not in it. It's just basically three teams, Duke, UNC, and Virginia, that are in the bracket according to you know Joe Lenardi, who, again, that's just one, one man's opinion, but he's an opinion that a lot of people take seriously. So when you look at that, they're saying that the ACC may get four teams in. Not if, not like solid or anything. He just put us as a lock this morning. And we are a three seed in this bracket. He just put us down as a lock this morning after beating Notre Dame last night. The, usually we are a lock in early January with our record. So that's just how the ACC is being viewed. And what that means is some of these teams that are having the, the schedules that you've talked about need to really come with it in the back half to force the committee to have to look at them over and over and over and say, yes, these teams deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out down the stretch. I, I really feel like Wake is uh, – I actually think Wake is considerably better. I know Virginia is ahead of Duke in the standings. Wake is behind Duke in the standings. I think Wake's a better team than Virginia. I'm really I, – I, I, Duke's going to take care of Virginia, I think. We've got them at home. Man, that Wake Forest is going to be a really, really interesting matchup. But wait, I don't want to – we're getting ahead too much, right? Well, at the end of the day, right, like I, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when me and Scott Rich were kind of talking about the ACC to that point. And I'm saying, hey, look, these teams that, you know, like all these teams doing well, except when they play us, helps Duke too, because we end up playing them. It also makes it look, sure. our record look better. So for Wake Forest, yeah, continue to surge. I just need them to not do it twice when they play us at home and when they play us here at, in Cameron. There you go, That's baby. it. Other than that, they can beat whoever they want. They can beat UNC twice if they need to. They can beat Virginia, all those teams. But all these teams, like the ACC has to, is not a problem where everyone thinks that they're so far down that there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere to come back from. And all these teams need to continue to rattle off wins. The only problem for Duke is that we can't play ourselves, right? right. Everyone who plays Duke has an opportunity to say, hey, look, we beat Duke. Hey, look, we beat UNC, every, every team. But Duke and UNC don't have that luxury except when they play each other, which is why that game – on March 9th is a very, very big deal, right? It might be for first the one seed in, in the conference if we if things continue as is. It may be for some seeding. It may just be for, you know, not it's not just a bragging rights game anymore. So, yeah, all these games are going to be important, Jason, beginning with Saturday. But for Duke, it just means we have to run our race. All these teams can beat each other to a pulp. We just run our race, play the teams in front of us. Jason will make sure we take care of business on Saturday. And then we can worry about Monday. Thank you very much. I will do my best. All <laughs> right. That's it for DBR Bites, episode 33. I'm Jason. He is Donald. I will see all of you at the DC game and then at the Wake game. Until then, here's the Duke band to play us out and take us home. Yeah.